0: Hello everyone and welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I wasn't originally going to do two shows today, but having just witnessed one of the most dramatic events of the day, I thought shooting from the hip would be the best way to go and just do this without any form of a script and let the feelings flow. Just to be clear, this is a bonus episode and not a regular Ducks podcast. We will return with regular coverage later tonight. The main reason I was not present covering the past two Ducks games live was that I was working a significantly different event just 30 miles away. While it was quite the scene with fans returning to the pond for the first time in 400 days, the same could be said about indoor soccer fans returning to the Toyota Arena also for the first time in over 400 days. In fact, it was 405 days to be exact since the last time Toyota Arena had fans inside the Ontario California Arena, which typically houses the Ontario rain. Right now, we are at a delicate point where fans are being allowed back to indoor sporting events while much of the state is being vaccinated. That's a good thing. This weekend was a dramatic sign of returning back to some kind of normalcy, but is this a new normal? It certainly is. Getting to work as many sporting events as I do is a privilege, and I've learned that is something one should not take for granted. For months, working some hockey games and soccer games with no fans allowed has left a somewhat hollow feeling inside. Now with fans coming back over the weekend, there was some trepidation in the air. In Ontario, over 1,500 fans were allowed to watch a championship match. A championship match between the Ontario Fury and the San Diego Soccers. Yes, those San Diego Soccers that has dominated indoor soccer since before I was born. This series had its share of drama throughout the past few days. It had everything. While Friday's action had its share of dramatics, it was multiplied by 15 on Sunday. Now, you're probably thinking, this is supposed to be a hockey podcast. Why are you doing this? Folks, there is more to life outside one sport. And when you work a game with every color of emotion as Sunday's showcase, you've got to talk about it and can't just keep it in. The Hometown Fury began Sunday's game down one game to none in a best-of-three series. With a victory, the Fury would force a tie-breaking mini-game, which is a whole new 15-minute game between the two clubs. And if you're not familiar with indoor soccer, it's kind of like a mix between outdoor soccer and hockey, where you have penalties, you have power plays, you have two-minute power plays, you have five-minute majors, Kind of the same dynamic. So if you're a fan of hockey and you like soccer, then indoor soccer is definitely something you should check out at some point. You have a team in San Diego, the Soccers. You have a team in Ontario, the Fury. Both are very, very good franchises and both competing for the championship in this kind of weird 2021 season. And the way Sunday's game went, it looked like it was going to be the Fury taking this one easily. They got off to a very quick, lead with about, uh, I'd say, right at the start of the fourth quarter, where one of their star players, Frank Tayu, scored his third goal of the game, or his hat-trick goal. Yes, we have hat-tricks in indoor soccer, too. So it was 5-2, thinking, okay, we're just going to go straight to the minigame. No dramatics, right? Uh, Wrong. San Diego came back to score three late goals in the fourth quarter, forcing overtime, including a power play goal by San Diego's Brandon Escoto. So he scored the game-tying goal, and you could just feel the entire arena deflating. But the fourth goal allowed was just a travesty in itself, where Clayson DeLima, uh, he had the ball saved and kind of just dropped it and let it slip right behind him. So that was a bad play right there. But he would come back and make some terrific saves late in the game, and that would force overtime. So already, we've already been there a while. And it's going to a longer overtime. And if San Diego scores the golden goal in overtime, they win the whole thing right there. If Ontario gets it, then they force the minigame. Well, what happened is the Fury ended up scoring that game-winning goal for Game 2. It was Robert Palmer. He got the assist from Justin Stinson on this one. So that was a 6-5 victory for Ontario. They went back to their respective locker rooms. We're in there for about 20 minutes while they reconfigured the lineups because it's a whole new game. The way it works is you get to choose different people on your lineups. If you wish, you could sub out people if you wish. So you have to wait to get new lineups and all of that stuff. So the whole process takes anywhere from 20 minutes to half an hour. So it took a while, but then that mini game that had every color of emotion that I could possibly think of. And while I could go on for a long time about that game, I mean, I do have to sell some ad space, folks. So bear with me as we head into our one and only break for today for this bonus episode. And I'll talk about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar in the land. They have 18 fantastic flavors, including Cherry Barcia, one of my favorites, Cookies and Cream. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. Coming up after the break, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this game and give some thanks and kudos and just talk about some more feelings about this game. So stay locked in. BetOnline.ag is your trusted online sportsbook with all the sports happening, including the NBA, MLS, MLB, and the NHL. BetOnline.ag also has reality TV, among other things that you can bet on. So go to BetOnline.ag, use promo code LockedOn. ...to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Alright, so I hadn't talked about the minigame yet. And once again, this is just a bonus episode. uh, Not really a hockey episode. We'll be back with our regular hockey coverage later tonight on this very podcast. And we'll talk about the last two Ducks games that I didn't cover in person... And maybe that's a good thing because the Ducks looked horrid on those two games. But hey, we're going to talk about it nonetheless. Meanwhile, last night was dramatic, to say the least. As I just referred to, the Sockers and the Fury, the two MASL soccer teams, were vying for the Ron Newman Cup. So this was a mini game for all the marbles. And the way it worked was it was just a straight 15 minute mini game. No time, like no media timeouts, no nothing, just straight up. And the Fury, they got off to a fast uh, one nothing lead. It was Abdul Mantere who got the lone goal for the Fury. And good for that kid to step up and get that goal. And right away, the crowd was in a complete frenzy. And this was with about six and a half minutes left. We thought, okay, this is looking really good for the Ontario Fury. They're going to get their first ever franchise title, and we're going to see a banner hung from the rafters. Unfortunately, that did not happen because less than a minute later, Marcio Leite, he scored the game tying goal for the San Diego soccer. So now we're like, okay, now it's a 1-1 tie. If it's tied after the mini game, then it would just go to a golden goal, 10 minute overtime periods, and just whoever scores the next goal would win the whole thing. So it was already getting as dramatic as it was. It was very tense. The crowd was going back and forth. And the way it happened, it was organic. The way that the crowds began chanting, one side for the soccer, the other side for the fury. None of this weird band music, no bands allowed, no music being played. It was just the fans just letting it speak for itself. And I thought that was the best way to go about it. So I got to give kudos to the fans that did show up. They were raucous. They were loud for this one. Even though it was only a little over 1,500 fans, they showed up big time. So got to give props to that. Unfortunately for the Fury, there was a very dramatic moment that happened towards the end of the game. While the Fury were on a power play with about two minutes left, the goalkeeper of the year, de Lima. He went out to punch away a, a ball, or rather to try to collect it. But his teammate kind of went out from under him. This was completely accidental too, where he went to play the ball. His teammate was right there, and Delima kind of flipped over and landed on his head. Yes, there are videos of this. It's It's a particularly nasty injury, and watching that up close... I could feel my face lose all its blood. I could feel my face turning white after that had happened. It was just... It was devastating to watch. And because I had the replay screen right in front of me, I could see the replay happening. And Delima, he literally fell on his head. I could see his head kind of snap back a little bit. He was down on the ground for a good five to six minutes. He barely moved. You could see some of his extremities moving a little bit. Fortunately, he did get up, but he was obviously dazed. He was obviously concussed. He did end up going to the hospital. And yes, he does have a concussion, unfortunately. So he was out for the rest of the game. That's their star goaltender, by the way, who was out for the rest of the game. So in comes their backup goaltender who was put in the toughest spot possible because it was tied 1-1 and the next goal, or rather... At the time, we thought the next goal was going to be the one to win it. So now you have the backup goaltender coming in. And my initial thought was, oh boy, this this is tough. This is really tough because you have one player leaving on an ambulance. The stretcher came out. It was quite... You could hear a pin drop in that arena for a solid four to five minutes. One replay was shown on the screen and then that was it. I mean, I... I had the, I don't want to say privilege here, but I had the view of all three angles and because I'm on the replay booth down, I did get to see, unfortunately, all three angles and it was as bad as it looked, folks. It was, it was hard to watch. So now you see your goalie come out of the game, their backup goaltender, Jesus Molina. He came in on just an impossible situation because DeLima had just made some heroic saves, to keep the Fury tied with the Soccers and the momentum was beginning to shift towards Ontario's way after some of those incredible saves and then that happened then that happened and everyone just got deflated only 35 seconds later San Diego would score their goal it ended up being the game winning goal and I'm trying to think of who scored that goal I think it might have been Cesar Serta who scored the goal So that made it 2-1 Sockers with less than a minute left in the game. That last minute was quite a frenzy as Ontario put up shot after shot after shot. Then it went to a replay afterwards where it looked like maybe the ball may have crossed the line. It may have, uh, but on replay, it was inconclusive. And looking closer at the replay, I I don't know. It, It was close. It could have gone either way. There would have been a few seconds left of an Ontario Fury power play, and who knows what could have happened there, but the refs unfortunately deemed it inconclusive, so that was the end of the game. I I know replay in all sports, it's trying to make things crystal clear, but sometimes that just happens, where you can't make everything crystal clear, and that's unfortunate. So San Diego Soccer's win their 15th title, by winning the minigame 2-1. Oh, that that was a tough one to swallow for Ontario Fury fans. It's also a tough pill to swallow if you've been working with that organization for pretty much the entire time. I've been working there for over 7 years. And it was tough seeing the emotion of all the workers that poured their heart and soul into this truncated season. And to see it end like that, it, it's heartbreaking. It, it actually is heartbreaking because you thought for a split second that you were finally going to see a cup victory in your hometown and you were going to see a banner raised at the arena that you work at. So I I thought it was going to happen. I actually thought this this is going to be a thing. And to see it slip away in that fashion it's gut-wrenching. You feel for the players. Like, all the players were inconsolable for multiple reasons. They were inconsolable for losing the cup. They were inconsolable for their teammate, de Delima. I mean, he was out. He looked like he was out for a few minutes and barely moved. Like, he barely moved his extremities, barely moved his fingertips. I mean, that was an obvious concussion. But what I did like... And this can be true for going across all sports. The sportsmanship that happened right at that time, I thought was great. So after DeLima had, you know, been off the field, like he was let off the field by the medical technicians and all that stuff. He had to go into the ambulance, went into concussion protocol, found that he had a concussion. So he ended up going in the ambulance and was checked out at a local hospital. Their backup goaltender came in for the Fury. But then the San Diego backup goaltender, I think it might have been vanzella who went into the ambulance with the fallen goaltender. He went in there with him. And, you know, was there supporting him? This is something that I thought was a terrific move to have the backup goaltender for the opposing team Come to check on you and actually go with you in the ambulance to make sure you're okay. That was beyond a classy move. And it shows the brotherhood that is present in all these in all sports, especially minor league sports. There is a certain brotherhood that we also take for granted. And to see that happen, I have to applaud both teams for how they handle that. But I especially have to applaud the soccer for staying out there the entire time and applauding Clayson DeLima as he left the field. Yeah, I was right there in eyeshot, so I could see all, like, every single player in San Diego's side was applauding Clayson for his valiant effort and the journey that he took throughout the entire season. But to not see him be there for the last minute and a half, that's gut-wrenching. And it sucks, but you know what? Props to everybody that applauded, the fans from San Diego applauded, the players applauded, everybody, just everybody. It was poignant is what that was. But, man, it it, it does suck. And I got to give a shout out to all the workers that have been with the Fury for a long time. They bleed and die with this team and I've got to give them all the props. Jolene, uh, Liz especially, did a fantastic job helping put this together. Blake, if I'm forgetting names, I apologize. But there were just so many people behind the scenes that helped make this possible. Don, Mark, Joel, all great. Uh, the refs, you know, they did what they had to do. And got to give a shout out to Craig Elston, uh, who some of you know on here on this podcast. I've... I know Craig might be upset if he hears this, but I've used that sounds clip over and over again with the Kempe Oh No. But I've used a couple of his sound clips in the past. Uh, The former San Diego Goals announcer. He's now the soccer's announcer. Um, You know, he, he had a lot to say about that game in particular. So he was part of the broadcast team. And then you had Reimer and Philly, Christian Philemon, who is the main broadcaster, I guess for the Fury now and Panda got to give props to Panda as well. So everybody that has worked there got to give major props to them. They made this a fantastic shortened season and we made it to the finish line. We got through all 10 games at Toyota arena, some of which I did public address for, and it was quite a season. It's definitely an unforgettable season for what it's worth. And what Philly said, like, we formed a family here. We formed a family with these minor league sports, and it's something that's not going to go away, and we're never going to forget it. So I hope that I get to see a lot of those guys sooner rather than later at some point. But the way it ended, it was just dramatic. So I just wanted to get all those feelings out there and just talk about it just to have some kind of outlet because I I am fortunate that I have this outlet to be able to talk about the ducks with you on a daily basis and the goals on a weekly basis. And I figure I have this outlet. I have to get these feelings out. May as well just make it a bonus podcast. So to those of you that are listening that are part of the fear, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're all awesome. Cannot wait to see you guys again soon. All right. Uh, We're going to end this bonus podcast for now. Just a reminder that later today we'll have a regular Ducks podcast. So we'll be back covering the Ducks for those of you that want to listen to that. Hey, congratulations. You're awesome. For those of you that don't want to listen, well, that's fine. But anyway, um, so that's later tonight. Just a a reminder, you could hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD and follow the Locked on Ducks show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening. Click like if you really like it. Click subscribe if you really, really like it. And tell all your friends that we are going to be back later tonight for Ducks coverage. So just want to say once again, thank you to everyone. For Locked on Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day and I'll talk to you all later tonight. Have a good one, everyone.